With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. Welcome in to Action Movie Rewind here with Mackie and Judd, our executive producer, Declan, where we do deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies of all time. And because we're doing Top Gun Maverick, which just came out like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, we just want to warn people. Now, you've probably clicked play on this intentionally, but if you stumbled into this, there will be all of the spoilers. All of the spoilers here. So just going to give you a second. If you don't want this movie to be spoiled for you, just uh fair warning. We're going to talk about everything, mm-hmm. beginning, middle, and everything. So, boys, are you ready for this? This is uh, a oh, new venture yeah. for us. You know, there's not a lot of new big action movies that come out that are right. worthy of this type of attention. So mm-hmm. this was have, a theater experience for us. I was going to say, we have never before endeavored in the franchise of AMR to actually go to a theater and come back with a review. Yeah, and part of that's because AMR started during the pandemic. And so, and and I'll save takes on that, because this, this is actually my first time, maybe your guys too, in a theater since the pandemic. And that'll be one of my uh, one okay. of my takes. Nice. But uh, yeah, this we're going to, a lot of spoilers here. So here we go. Top Gun Maverick 2022. Here's the summary. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun graduates for a specialized mission, the likes of which no living pilot has ever seen, Maverick encounters Bradley Bradshaw, call sign Rooster, the son of Maverick's late friend and radar intercept, Goose. Facing an uncertain future and confronting the ghosts of his past, Maverick is drawn into a confrontation with his own deepest fears, culminating in a mission. I have goosebumps right now, too. This is amazing. Culminating in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who will be chosen to fly it. Rotten Tomatoes has this movie at 97% right now. (laughs) 97%. Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus says Top Gun Maverick pulls off a feat even trickier than a 4G inverted dive, 
<laughs> delivering a long belated sequel that surpasses its predecessor in wildly entertaining style. A $170 million budget, up just a tick from the $15 million budget 35 years ago. It's already raked in over $330 million and skyrocketing. Starring Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Ed Harris, and others. We go around the room and give statements. Let's start with Judd. Statement number one on Top Gun Maverick. I am a sucker for the past, and I love callbacks. And this film delivered on that time and time and time again. Um, the basically uh, uh, taking the opening of the first Top Gun and uh, and basically making the o- opening of this one the same exact uh, opening was great. To, down to the little things. Mm-hmm. Of when of when Pete Mitchell is going to teach the class yeah. the night before, yes. some of the aviators made fun of him at the bar. If you recall, <laughs> that was the exact thing that he had done. Mm-hmm. And then they do the same, like, oh, my God, it's him. Um, great balls of fire being played by Rooster and yes. Pete watching it from the outside. And Jennifer Conley observing that there was something up there. Um I'm old, so I love Memory Lane, but I thought that this film tapped into that absolutely perfectly. So if you were young or old, this really worked. Like, it it helped to have seen the the first one, but it wasn't absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. But if you had, which we obviously all had very recently, it was even better. I love going down Memory Lane. I actually tried to make a list because one of my statements was going to be that this movie followed nearly the, the exact same formula as the original, but did a great job of like putting its own spin on it with callbacks. So yeah. I listed six of them. I'm probably missing some, but you know, unknowingly making a fool of yourself in front of the instructor at the bar and then finding out the next day, oh, my God, that's who it was. Uh, you had the obligatory beach sports scene where Tom Cruise is shirtless. Yeah. It was volleyball in the original. It was beach football in this one. You have a friend of Mavericks dying halfway through the movie, Goose in the original, Iceman in uh, in the sequel. You have a semi-forced love plot that we can talk about later on, Great Balls of Fire, Piano, getting everyone in the bar, and then uh, and then you have a final battle where Maverick comes out on top and overcomes some of his personal demons. I mean, it was like all the callbacks, it was the same structure, you know, probably the same percentage of amazing aerial footage and things like that, and... Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I got goosebumps for all of those. By the way, <laughs> all those. It was callbacks. great. It was really well done too. Yeah. It was really, really well done. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing you're missing there, because I, I wrote down all those things too. That you know, the homage it did, paying the respects to the original, um, that were unique. And I mean, Hangman's basically Iceman. Like he's the cocky yeah. prick. Like yet for the black. Or he's Ma- he's, Ma- he's Maverick. He's Maverick. He? Is he more Hangman Maverick? is Maverick. He's Maverick because because he he's dangerous. He's Hangman. Because if he's your wingman, he'll hang you out to dry. He and that's what Maverick had done in the first one. You know, Maverick for one. different reasons. Maverick wasn't initially part of the final. Right? It was like, okay, now he's going to be part of the final thing, last minute. So they both kind of came in and saved the day. At, I didn't at realize the end. that. Yeah. Yep. But it's yes, it's the same like adaptation. Cocky of, guy. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then you learn yours. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, Dex. My first statement. <clears throat> Uh, this movie is way better than the original, 
and it was the best in theater experience I think I have ever had. Whoa! Pandemic or not Whoa. pandemic. Wow. The only two wow, movies dude. for me. Wow, dude. The only two movies that come close to this, and, and they're action movies, uh, they're, excuse me, they're, they're superhero movies, so I know you two aren't big superhero nuts, but th- there's two that come to mind that, that rival this for me in terms of the in-theater movie experience. Uh, the first being The Dark Knight with Christian Bale and Batman in 2008. I saw that in theaters when I was like 14, 13, and love that movie. It's still, it's legitimately, even if you don't like superhero movies, you could sit down and watch that movie and enjoy it, I think. it's, it's That's mm-hmm. that damn good of a film. The Heath Ledger, obviously his last film, it's a great movie. The other one being Infinity War with Marvel. Um, I saw that by myself, and it's the hardest I have ever cried at any movie. Any movie. I was openly weeping in in St. Anthony, Maine movie theater in 2019 in the middle of a day on a Tuesday because your boy wasn't full time yet here. So we just had some time to kill during the day. And I figured I'm going to go see a movie by myself and need to see Infinity War. Um, But this movie itself, start to finish, Danger Zone playing from the top, the Miles Teller uh, uh, tie in from Goose's Son. Uh, it is the best movie theater experience I think I have ever had in my entire life. In my wow. entire life. I love this take. What a take. So was the, was, okay, let's talk about the theater experience for a second here. Cause I think I've had a few of those too. A couple Marvel movies where it's packed and people are cheering and stuff. And right. I really like, like, and I don't really like that. Like I don't, I've never been a fan of like, Oh yeah. Like everyone high-fiving each other. Like I hate that crap. And that didn't really happen. <laughs> At Maverick, like there was some. Was like, your theater packed? Was decently packed. I saw it on a Tuesday evening, like at eight o'clock. So it was, I would say, like maybe seventy-five to ninety percent full. So it was one of the last of of, of the day. There was definitely some oohs and ahs and and some cheering, but there wasn't that obnoxiousness. Which yes, you have seen in other movies. I didn't feel that in this one. Okay. Yeah, I was so. I went yesterday afternoon, so it was like a Thursday matinee situation, and there was my maybe eight people in the theater. But now they had, I think, 15 different scheduled showtimes yes, for this movie. Same. And uh, so I, there were some audible gasps and oohs and ahs and laughs, like for some of the callbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, get, I'll, get to, I'll get to one of my favorite here in, in a second. But this was the first time I'd been in a movie theater since the pandemic started. And it was, it was great. I mean, I had my big ass thing of popcorn <laughs> You know, I, I got there 20 minutes early to watch the previews and everything, and it was it was great. I mean, what what a movie to sit with the the noise and the visuals. Um, there are some movies that, yeah, whatever you can you can get just as much watching on your couch. I think being in a theater enhances this times a hundred, just because they're they're in these fighter jets and yep. the audio and everything just just rushing through your body. It was uh, it was an adrenaline rush. It was a great experience. Yeah, Joe, what was your experience? Uh, was great because the the surround sound now is so good. Like you've got all of the noises coming, which was cool. Um, I also so we we bought tickets in the afternoon and went to like a six thirty show, and the theater was not packed. It was you know decent sized crowd, but the one thing is, Don bought tickets that were fairly close to the screen, which in the old days was a death knell because you, you didn't have HD and stuff. And so, like, the picture would be blurry. It'd be hard to see. But now, the picture is perfect. Um, yes, it was absolutely great. And I, I found it also to be cool that, unlike the original, Tom Cruise insisted that all of the actors be prepared to fly against the G-forces. And so, 
the, the goal was to do that in the first one, but everybody but Val threw up so much they couldn't. And, mm-hmm. and so that was all shot on sound stages with real jets being flown, but the actors not in them. This time, they like went through four different types of planes to build up. And so like this was really, the, the one thing is, it was really real. Yes. So like and, there wasn't a lot of oh that doesn't look like a plot. Now now some of the scenes weren't, but the action was real and very cool. I have a note on that from I don't remember what article it was. I think I got this from Wikipedia, let's be honest. Tom Cruise designed a unique boot camp for the actors going through 3 months of training, underwater evacuation, aerial aviation and the preliminary training to build spatial awareness inside the aircraft and flights, Jerry Bruckheimer said. The actors also had to learn how to run the cameras in the planes because when they're up in the jet, they have to direct themselves essentially mm-hmm. and understand like editing and formatting and stuff, you know, like and they threw, you threw give, like, give your own lines and stuff, right? And like had, had to, and had to like take the barf bags and like stick them on their laps, <laughs> so but they did it. I give oh credit. my God. All right. My, so Declan mentions getting emotional inside St. Anthony main theater. Uh, which I have many a time. It's my favorite theater in the country. I I hope that that theater uh, continues to, to go on. But my statement here is I almost cried or got welled up seven times during this movie. Yeah, I got a couple. I'm going to give you the seven times. Okay. I literally was making notes of every time I got a goosebump rush, no pun intended, and like some tears were coming on. I get very nostalgic movies like this. I love callbacks. I love emotional moments in movies like this. And so here's the seven times, not in any particular order. Maverick choosing Rooster as his wingman toward the end. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. thought he was going to, like, Hangman, they, they cut to Hangman, and Hangman's all like, yep, yeah, looks like I'm Maverick's. And then Maverick goes with Rooster, and they're still having problems. Goosebumps, tears. Number two, when Rooster was playing Great Balls of Fire on the piano, and Maverick heard it from the beach and started walking back. <laughs> Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Maverick says, talk to me, Goose, right before the final mission, as he's standing on the uh, the deck. Mm-hmm. He said that a few times. He said it a few times, but that one was probably and the Rooster? hardest. Talk. Hmm? When, when talk Rooster, to me, when, talk when to Rooster me, said, talk to me, Dad, I will. I did, I, did the huh? audible, I did the audible. I talked to me, Dad. I, that was, I welled up there. Oh, good. That was good. That was good, too. Uh, Iceman, and we'll get, we'll get to the Val Kilmer stuff, but Iceman standing up to talk to Mav, like getting up out of his seat mm-hmm. and and going forward to talk to Mav, goosebumps, tears. They swerved you a little bit toward the end. And so when Ma- when Maverick and Rooster find each other after they both saved each other's lives, and Maverick yells at Rooster, what the hell were you thinking? And Rooster goes, you told me not to think. And the whole theater, like there's like eight people, but the whole theater was just like, oh, what? yeah, it's great. Yes. The whole movie has been telling him, don't think. Mm-hmm. And then they leave this pause and, and Rooster does like almost like a Declan reaction where he's like, you know, you told me not to think. Amazing. Uh, when Hangman saves the, day, uh, saves the day at the end, that was another time, got welled up a little bit. And then the final <laughs> hug between Maverick and Rooster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got welled up. Mm-hmm. This movie just grabbed me like seven or eight times. Mm-hmm. I was a puddle. The gal and her mom at the end, of, I, I looked to my right because I went with my girlfriend, her mom, and a couple of her brothers. I looked to my right at the end, and both of them were 
there was tears streaming down their face, like like they were really? just bawling, and they, uh, oh. they thought it was so good. Yes, amazing. All right, back to Judd here. Statements continue. All right, I'm going to cut to the chase and get to to the star here. Here's my statement: Tom is Tom. Tom Cruise is the acting Tom Brady, and I mean Tom Cruise is almost sixty. Okay, he looks pretty damn good. He looks right, right. I mean, he looks. Don't get me wrong; he's aged a little bit, but he looks pretty damn good. Guy's still in phenomenal shape. Now, I get that as a person, he's a weird dude. But all of that being said, like I see the parallels here because. I mean, Brady's a weird dude, too. And yeah. and the fact that, like, but, I mean, this wasn't, so the callbacks were great, and the nostalgia was great, but ordinarily, like, the lead character would be in it from, from back then. He'd be in it, but he would have been replaced by somebody more important or something, right? I think that's like, initially what they were going to do with the script, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, this, but it's incredible that, like, Cruz does his stunts, he basically he, he carried basically, the movie. Well, and he told he told his colleagues who are what probably in their twenties. He told them, "You're going to learn how to really do this stuff." Um, it's a pretty impressive parallel between two guys who look. I get it. E- egos are huge. Um, there's probably certain things about both guys not to like. But that being said, the impressive thing to me was the fact that Cruz literally for better or worse carried this film like he put this film on his back and carried it um at almost 60 that's really damn impressive yeah i I love the brady comparison because both guys look just as young if not even oddly younger maybe than they did 10 years ago they're both hyper obsessed with their image but also can be playful enough and likable enough but they're very calculated right very yes it's well put They, yeah, I, I love that comparison. And and they both could probably keep doing what they're doing at the top of their game for a long, long time, another five years, 10 years if they wanted to. I mean, to. 59 years old, 59. Mm-hmm. And, and and in the trailers, we, we got Mission Impossible 18 or, or something, which is Tom Cruise again. It's part one around. of two. Yeah. yeah, the the next the next Mission Impossible is a is a two parter. So they're going to release yep. the first part sometime in like early 2023, and then the next yeah. one in 2024. But I mean, think about that. This this guy is old and and still um, prolific. And and I also liked, and this was very Brady like as well, that Tom Cruise let you know at the start of that film, mm-hmm. this is Tom Cruise, and like did a personal. Yeah, what was welcome. that all about? I, I think you obviously we've never seen anything like that before a movie. I where think he, he's calculated, man. Yeah, he just comes on for sixty seconds to tell you, "Hey, this movie is all for you." Coming back from a pandemic, yeah, and 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 they worked their asses off. The reason I think the last reason why this film took so long was because they basically said we are doing a theatrical release. This ain't going to mm-hmm. Netflix. This yeah. ain't going to Apple. This is starting in theaters. That's the right and call. I too. think he took pride, but I think Cruz took a lot of pride. And and a lot of, um, in his opinion, the professional move here was we are going to be on the big screen and I'm going to introduce this again. It's to me really, really intriguing. I think it. I think it's going to come to Paramount Plus after six weeks. 
So it will be eventually wow. available. Okay. I think that's what I read. But but they like that's they had bids from HBO. They had bids from all these streaming services to get it. And Bruckheimer and Cruise and all of them involved were like, no, mostly Cruise being like, no, this is going to be the the movie theater experience. So, and I've heard the, the Tom Brady take. I think I think it was um, I listened to Lebetard yesterday. I think Michael Ryan Ruiz had a similar take. He is the Tom Brady of acting. Like he 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 really is. He, he can be, obviously he he's very corny and weird and dorky and the action ones are the ones that are he's known for but like he can be serious he can be Jerry Maguire right like he can be funny he can he actually has a different palette than just being that weird action guy like he's yeah. a pretty damn good actor even though he's a weirdo. So this this script was initially conceptualized or at least the first iteration of it and I think I think Maverick was going to be kind of a peripheral part and then they were going to build a different. Interesting, but the, but it goes back like ten years, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was going to be so. Bruckheimer, who's the, just the godfather of movie production, we talked about him on last week's Action Movie Rewind with the original Top Gun. He's worth almost a billion dollars, and his partner in crime on the directing side had been Tony Scott for a mm-hmm. long time. So Tony Scott directed the original Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop Two, uh, Crimson Tide, Last Boy Scout, uh, Spy Game, Enemy Enemy of the State, and a bunch of other movies. And and Tony Scott was part of the process for bringing this sequel to life 10 years ago. And he committed suicide in 2012, yep. tragically, which kind of because they, they had visited Tom Cruise in France when he was filming one of the Mission Impossible movies to put together the initial framework and stuff. And then Tony Scott takes his life. And it just kind of went on the back burner. And then a few years later, Val Kilmer gets cancer. Well. He denies that he had cancer for a period, and then he's a weird guy. We'll get into some of that. But I think this thing was just put on the back burner for tragic reasons, and then Val Kilmer's situation changed, and then the pandemic hit after they got done with filming it in 2019. But, um, yeah, just a just – and, and this is the type of movie that has to be in a theater. Like, it, it cannot be released in your living room. Mm-hmm. Good for them, though. For all the reasons yeah. we talked about. Yeah. Uh, all right, back to uh, Declan here. All right. So there's a line in the original, and I think we touched on it a little bit so far in this podcast. There's a line in the original. There's a line in this movie. I, I kept coming back to one person every time I heard, it's not the plane, it's the pilot. So that, that, that quote, that's, I think, said more in this one than it is in the original. But it's not the plane, it's the pilot. And I kind of hate to be this guy, but I'm going to turn it into this here. When I hear, it's not the plane, it's the pilot, the first person I think of is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is making the excuse that the plane can only do so much. The F-18 can only pull 7.5 Gs. No, it can do more than that. It's up to the pilot. It's not the plane, it's the pilot. And I kept coming back every time I heard that, every time I heard that, well, there's limits, they can only do this, they can only do that. It's Kirk. Kirk is the person who's making the excuse for his plane when you, there's other limits in this plane, dude. It's not this just is a great metaphor. The, the, the manual is there. What does is, what is Maverick do? The first thing he does, he takes that manual, you know it backwards and forwards, right, guys, and throws it in the trash, dude. So do, our enemy knows it backwards and forwards, too, is what he said. Yeah. Yep. It is. So that is so, Kirk. So Kirk is sort of goose in the first 80% of this, or not goose, uh, rooster in the first 80% of this movie. He's a, he's a very talented, clearly, he's one of the top. Fighter pilots in the world. He's part of a graduating Top Gun class. But then they go on the first simulated mission, and he was the only one to get through the mission without making a mistake, right? No interceptions. 
but he came in like a minute and a half later than the allotted time, which meant yeah, on the right. way out, you're going to get shot down. Love it. And so they kept telling him, dude, you, you got to be more aggressive. You got, you got to just stop thinking, just go for it. You got to go for it. And finally at the end, he throttles down. Right. And, uh, and he winds up turning into a totally, I love this metaphor for Kirk cousins, dude, stop thinking out there, man. You got the talent. Just, Close your eyes and sling it around. If you make a mistake, it's okay. You're not going to die like these fighter pilots. I, I kind of hate throwing interception. Whatever. I, I kind of hate that I was like loving and like I said, enjoying the best movie theater in my life, the experience in my life. And every time I heard it's not the plane, it's a pilot, I kept thinking about Kirk Cousins in the movie theater. I'll be I'll be real. I, I kind of got a little upset. That I was like, God, why am I thinking about that every time I hear it? But it reminds me of Kirk, dude. That is hilarious. That's awesome. Just can't stop. He's just living rent free in Declan's head. All right, my next statement on this movie is. They did a pretty good job with Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to read up more. And by the way, tonight I've carved out some time. There is a Val Kilmer documentary. It's a it's all this footage that he filmed behind the scenes at movies going back 30 years. So I'm going to check that out because now I have a, a keen interest in this. But so Val Kilmer, and I didn't know a lot about this, but he lost the ability to speak after undergoing uh, throat cancer treatment in 2014. And so what they did was they recreated his voice using AI technology, which I believe they've also done for him just in his personal life as well. But he mostly communicates through typing, which he did in this movie. And they scripted it so that he had cancer and he could, you know, he has a cough and stuff. And they, uh, they had a scarf around his neck so you couldn't see because he literally has like. He has a thorax. You know, what oh, is it? Oh. I think it's called. It's like the main. Th- it's removed in real yeah. life. The, whatever. Yes. That, the biggest muscle in your throat. It starts the teeth. Uh, it's tr- your trachea. It's a tra- yeah, trachea, so. tracheotomy or something. Right? So it was great though. Like they, they had, they had those guys texting throughout the movie and completely. Yes. And that don't you guys think that's about as good of a job as they could? It wasn't too much, but no. they got him in the movie and they, they handled it pretty well script wise. I mean, right? he, he has, he has throat cancer in real life and they basically, they didn't say, they said he has cancer. They didn't say it's throat cancer in the movie, but they basically just used who Val Kilmer is right now in his kind of final years and days well, into the no, movie. I think he's he's kicked. I, he doesn't have cancer anymore. He, yeah. I think he kicked he the surgery kick and, and the chemo kicked it four years ago. So he's, he's through it. Now. I mean, he's thriving as much as he can at this right. point. But he can't talk. Yeah. But I thought. Yeah. But you're right. It was unique. They just literally played right into the hand. And I thought it was really cool. Well, now, and I be, I believe if I'm not mistaken that Cruz actually was the one that drove that ship. Like yeah. Cruz is like, I want him in this. Yeah. Which again yep. is a great like I give Cruz credit. That's a great sense of of what the fans would want for a guy that cool. seems like he would be out of touch with reality 100%. in his real life, right? Yes, to have it that much be. of a pulse on. Yes. Yeah. So another note here on Val Kilmer. This is from a Wikipedia write up too. Val Kilmer has been notoriously hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Kilmer is known for being difficult to work with and having feuds with some of the actors with whom he's worked, notably the Island of Dr. Moreau co-star Marlon Brando and Red Planet and Heat co-star Tom Sizemore. Kilmer's Tombstone co-star Michael Bain said, quote, people ask me what it's like to work with Val Kilmer. I don't know. Never met him. Never shook his hand. I know Doc Holliday. I don't know Val Kilmer. And they work together apparently on set. Uh, Richard Stanley, who directed Kilmer for three days in the island of Dr. Moreau before being fired, recalled, quote, Val would arrive and an argument would happen. John Frankenheimer, who replaced Stanley as director, said, I don't like Val Kilmer. I don't like his work ethic, and I don't want to be associated with him ever again. 
Batman Forever director Joel Schumacher called Kilmer, quote, childish and impossible. <laughs> this is all like mostly back in the mm-hmm. 1990s and whatnot, but maybe he's different now. I don't know. Was he a pain in the ass on this set? I didn't see anything. I highly doubt it this time. But yeah, he was definitely in in the day had a, a uh, reputation that was not popular, but he was a good actor. I mean, he's a hell of an actor, so. All right, let's make at least one more trip around the statements room here before we get to the uh, the rankings, Judd. Okay, I'm going to make a statement that's going to surprise you a bit, but I, I can explain myself. And my statement's very simple. Better with the chemistry, mm-hmm. all right? The Jennifer Connelly cruise relationship, I'm not saying it was completely comfortable, but the first one, it is so off the charts bad. Like, they try a love scene that's way too extended, has a great song, but, like, it's just uncomfortable. And everything about the relationship um, between Maverick and his his female lead in the first one, I found to be just far-fetched or, or I was cringing. I felt like they did a far better job because... Be, partially because of the nod to nostalgia this time around. Yep. Like the sex scene is very brief and then they're laughing in bed and reminiscing and talking and they put Cruz in a situation where I think Cruz is far more comfortable. Um, And so I actually thought that this progressed and and don't forget, she was actually mentioned, I believe in the first bar scene of the first one when Goose brings her, her up. So that, so that character didn't exist, but the name did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my point is, I think they found a much better way to make Cruz's love scenes and relationship scenes believable and not as uncomfortable. Yeah, which means, yeah, just stay on the fringes of it, right? Like, it just it gets weird if he's, he's sweet a weird guy. Moments. But, I mean, and, and this one I felt was sweet. Yeah. The first one I felt was really forced. But, of course, he's, what, 59 now in real life, and he was 23 back then, so... It's a little more difficult. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my last statement on it, too, was that, was that the love interest was so much more believable. Um, and I thought it was super cool how um, th- that they tied it back to the original of the Admiral's daughter. And this is, this is the character. Because I think, actually, I think it's... what Remember they're in the beginning in the original uh, Top Gun? They're getting their asses chewed out um, before they say, you're going to Top oh, Gun. Right. And he says, and you had that running with the Admiral's daughter. Okay, that's that's pe- right. yeah. I think I think that's what that's they're alluding. Penny. That's Penny. It that's is. that's who they're alluding yep. to, right? You're right. You're um, right. so it still ties back in, and so it's not just like to some random. Because I think it's always difficult. Other sequels and movies do this, right? Where there's like a different love interest, they don't really address what happened in, in the past or the previous one, which they didn't address what happened with Charlie in the new one, but they tied it still back into the original, where there was still a connection, even if it was self-made. I thought it was really unique, and I thought it was super believable. By the way, you know, a lot of people wondering, well, why wasn't Kelly McGinnis? Or McGillis. McGillis, McGillis, I think, in this movie. And Meg Ryan, people ask about Meg Ryan, too. They 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 killed her off in the script by just alluding yeah. to Rooster's mom dying. And I think, I can't remember if it was Bruckheimer or one of the one of the writers had said, well, we, you know, we had to sort of pick and choose. We didn't want this entire movie to be living in the past. We had to kind of pick and choose. But Kelly McGillis has a different theory on it. She said, quote, I'm old and I'm fat and I look age appropriate now. And I'm she end yeah, quote. That's probably, but she's like, yeah, I mean, right. I'm not like I'm not the the biggest catch anymore is what she said. And that's probably I, why they didn't cast me. <laughs> I would have liked a small role for Meg. Has she as, done anything? When's the last time she she's did? not do, doing much, but but they were asked about her. And I think it was I think Bruckheimer said that we didn't ask her. Um, I would have, I would have liked a small God, she's part. She's sixty years old now, and I don't think she's acted in a while. 
I'm just looking up her her IMDb here. So she, yeah, so she was like 24 in, in 1986 when it came out. Was that her I mean, first movie? Let me just pull this up here. It's one of her first. Oh wow, that's right. She was uh she was in Amityville three. Amityville 3D was her second movie. Rich and Famous was her. This, Top Gun was her third movie. I believe Top Gun was Val Kilmer's second or third movie. What's her last well. film, Phil? Can, do you have her? So she's only done one movie since 2009. It was Ithaca in 2015. Okay. So she's been out of the game for a decade and a half. I wouldn't have minded to see just a brief scene with her back as, as I agree. Rooster's mom. Yeah, where is she? Has anyone seen her? Can, let's look up a photo here. Meg Ryan. She I think she like had a lot of. 60. I think she's, she's had a lot of plastic surgery done, but I, last time I saw her, she still looked good. If you Google Meg Ryan 2021, yeah, there's some. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. She's had work done. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Like she is Rooster's. I'm mother. fine with she's it. I don't want to. I don't want to be. She's judgy not supposed here. to be like young and sexy. Yeah. She's supposed to be a mom. Anyway, that's the one I would have brought back. That's the one person that I would have had a brief scene with. I think that that would have been nice to to see. Maverick and her sort of operating on this, you know, it's been what thirty six years yeah. since my since my friend and your husband died. That's the one I would have tried to bring back for just a scene. All right, I got one more statement here, and we'll get to the the rankings here. Just like the original, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick is still propaganda for the United States Navy. Mm-hmm. Oh, did yeah. you guys sit through three different Navy and Air Force ads in the previews, like I did in my experience? No. I don't think I did. No, really. Mm-mm. Maybe they're targeting I, people specifically on the West Coast. Yeah, just trailers. But there are literally three different great, by the way. Like, I, I almost signed up. I'm like, ah, where's, where do I go? Get in one of these planes. Go save the country. Phil joins the. <laughs> just like, let's get this, baby. Flying an F, whatever it is now. Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah, and, and they, once again, you know, they, they didn't really identify who the enemy was. You know why? Because, again, vague. it's the past. Because it's always the past. That's the ident- the identification of the bad guy in this film is always the past. They're fighting the past. Yeah, which we're gonna have to. Well, let's let's get to that. I, I, my, the only other thing I want to mention here is the the movie did a great job. Did I'll say how I felt, and you guys tell me if if you felt this way whether you're watching. About seventy five percent of the way through the movie, I was a hundred percent sure they were going to kill off Maverick. I, I thought Maverick was going to like sacrifice himself, and then he and then he kind of yeah. does. Yeah, you got it right. And it, and 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 I thought, oh my god! But the way they yep. did it, it was okay. They didn't show him dying, and they didn't abruptly right. like end the movie. So he's probably still alive. But I thought they were going right. to kill him off because they foreshadowed it like eight times. Yep. What'd you guys think? Um, yeah. It, so I thought the same exact thing, but it made sense when he didn't die. I then flash back to the start where where he ejects from the plane that that he's. That he's gone Mach, what, 10.5 in, and the plane basically disintegrates. Um, and he is not going to die, which, again, my guess is that's a cruise thing. Yeah. Because here's the one thing. If that film had wa- had wanted to be as realistic as possible, he dies. And he saves Rooster. And now it's sort of passed along, right? But I think Cruz is like, well, hell no. Sequel time, baby, and I'm c- coming back. Um so I thought he was going to die. I thought it would have been a more appropriate for him to die, but I understand why he didn't. Yeah, I thought I was like 70% sure. Uh, I had to stop. Kelsey literally tried to look up in the middle of the movie if he died. She wasn't she wanted to be prepared for it. She tried to like was trying to spoil it in the middle of the I was like do not look. I like grabbed her phone. I was like you cannot look it up in the middle of the movie. 
Um, I, I, I thought he was going to die too, but especially towards, towards that last fight, I was like, oh crap, they're going to kill him off. And I didn't want them to kill him off. And I, I thought it was cool too, how they basically hijack a, hijack an enemy plane base and fly, fly an old final plane away. It was incredible. There are some franchises like the Rocky franchise where I just want endless sequels and spinoffs. Like they're going to do a Creed. So Creed three does not include Sylvester Stallone. It's the first, it's the first Rocky franchise movie without so they're going to take Creed three on a journey, but then they're going to do another Rocky movie at some point to put a closing chapter on Rocky. They can make Rocky movies until the end of time, and I'm good with it. <laughs> I don't know that I want another sequel here. This was so close to perfect, and it's so hard to make a sequel better than the original, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yep, yep. But I don't know. Like, I guess the next one you would do is Top Gun Rooster or something. Yeah, you do. You do something with Rooster, right? But Cruise will definitely be back now, and fact that Cruz flew, you know, flew like lead on this opens up possibilities for Cruz. Um, I will say this about this film. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was a ton of fun. The end was completely just like, okay, let's just have fun now. Like Rooster coming back to save Cruz yeah. and blowing up that helicopter and then them joking in the woods. And then to Declan's point, they find an F-14 like you had to suspend a thirty-year-old plane, yeah. and they fight and, off these and two modern. Like you had to suspend <laughs> your belief absolutely, completely. It was fun, but it was it was not really as top gunish by the end because it had almost become, in some ways, cartoony. Yeah. I just thought it was great fun to watch. So, all right, let's so let's get into the two categories that we rank here on Action Movie Rewind are the definitive bad guy rating which is the criteria is how iconic is the bad guy, how ruthless is the bad guy, how charismatic is the bad guy. Right. And then we'll get to the overall entertainment value. So I, I, I'm motioning, we decided with Top Gun, the original last week, because there is no like obvious bad, it's the rare action movie where there's just no obvious bad guy. So we said the bogeys, you know, the, the, uh, the, the random anonymous enemy planes were the the bad guy and we all just said it's a one out of ten it's not a movie about bad guys i motion that we change the bad guy based on listener feedback and what judges said in both of these movies to personal demons the past your own personal strife right you're you're fighting your own personal story and strife maverick's dad rooster's dad. death of friends the past it's all like personal demons right so the personal demons in the original Top Gun, you know, it's, it's, I think it's still a one. It's, you know, I, I, I mean, yeah. you guys tell me, is it still, a, I think it's still, a one. it's yeah, not it's Cyrus still. the virus or, you know, <laughs> yeah, Jason Voorhees or anything. It's exactly. Okay. So are we, I mean, it's, a, it's probably a one in both of these, right? Does anyone have any, it's, it's not a movie about bad guys. So I guess we could give it a one and move on unless someone. Uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Just not. Okay. I don't want to sharpen our pencil here to the to the nub debating this. But so let's just get yeah, to the overall entertainment value of Top Gun Maverick. So we've we've done like 50 to 60 action movie rewinds and we are starting the franchise over and doing all these movies all over again with a new spin, some some new framework here. So we only have one rating on the books for the the um reboot of Action Movie Rewind and it's the original Top Gun from last week. And the average score one through ten for all three of us was an eight point three. So with that, Judd, what do you give Top Gun Maverick? I am going to give this film now the entertainment was great, but 
Remember I gave the original a 9. And without the original, the groundwork is lacking for this film. And keep in mind, too, the original came out in 1986. And that, to me, remains a remarkable feat. Like, you have now special effects, surround sound. Like, you you can now use 2022 to your advantage completely. In 86, they did a lot of new things. I'm going to give this film an 8 because I can't give it a higher grade than the original. And I still think that the... And the other thing, too, is the original in the time period, um, in the actual running time, now films go two hours plus like that. It's the standard. Back then, they didn't. And so they crammed more in and were efficient. And I don't think that the Jennifer Connelly Cruz love scenes, which were clearly superior this time to what Cruz had last time, um, um, surpasses, like, m- makes this a 10. So I'm going to give this an 8. So Although, if they re- so you're saying if the love scenes were, like, really heated, like yeah, if they no, are really no, going no, for it all, you might have given this there. an 8.5 or <laughs> no, what? Nope, the, nope. No, they're not going to get there. 8, because I gave the first one a 9, and I still think the first one is incredible. All right, so Dex, you gave the original a six mm-hmm. out of ten, mm-hmm. and I rewatched the original, by the way, again over the weekend, um, and it's still it's still a six. I just I, I I don't gravitate towards it, and it's because I again same points I made last week. I I wasn't born in the eighties, and I don't understand the eighties culture and the phenomenon of it. I I I don't get it. But this movie, I said, is the greatest theatrical experience I've ever had in my entire life, and I also said in the after we reviewed the first one, that I'm willing to give this second one a chance because I think it's going to be better. And it is certainly better than the first one. This movie's a 10 out of 10. It is a perfect Whoa! 10. It's a perfect 10 out of 10, dude. It's wow, captivating. Dude. You're on your seat the entire time. It's emotional. <laughs> I know the ending is, yeah, kind of not believable, but at the same time, it kind of wraps it all up. It's a perfect movie, dude. It's 10 out of 10. Miles Teller is one of my favorite actors out there. I'm glad he's kind of back in the scene a little bit here. This is a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I gotta say, any movie that that makes me well up seven times in two hours and gives me goosebumps another ten times on top of that, it's a ten for me, a hundred percent. Jacqueline, yeah, it's a ten, oh. man. This was an incredible experience. I said, oh, you get. I said, <laughs> I said you would give this a perfect ten. I yeah, told dude, Jack, I, ha- happily take that point. <laughs> he said it was a bunt single of a prediction. Do you think it was a bunt single of a prediction? He gave the first one a 10. He was going to give this one a 10. It no, it's really it's, it's not a bunt I, single. That's what I said. I said, I, and it's not okay. a home run either. I don't think it's a home run, even though I'm giving a specific nah, score. You knew I was going to probably see like that though. direction, but. Yeah. It's a Baltimore chop. It's a, <laughs> I think it's a nice it's a Baltimore it's chop. It's a nice chop up the middle. Fine. Yeah, bunt single. It just hit a pebble that and jumped over a rise's head at first. But it was so, a fu- it was a fun film. So that gives it a nine point three average score, making it officially better than the original. A sequel better than the I original. disagree with that, but that's okay. the show. So all right, we were originally gonna do point break because Declan's never seen it as the first action movie, but we did the two top guns, so let's do point break for next week. Okay. Okay. Cool. And then, uh, and we're going to, so another thing too is like, there's definitely some, the the goal here is to hit action movies that are the most popular, the most people have seen. And we will try to mix in some of the newer ones from like the last five to 10 years as well. So we, that means we got some fast and the furious movies we got to do at some point. Um, 
hell, there's a there was a new Terminator movie at one point, like in the last ten years. So <laughs> yeah. we'll kind of mix old with new and just hit blockbusters that the most people have have seen. And uh, Point Break is all the spoilers in this episode. I'm never watching you guys again. Somebody was like just kind of mindlessly doing chores and listening to a Mackie and Judd playlist on Spotify and just had their entire experience ruined with spoilers there. So sorry about that. But uh, there it is, boys. Action movie rewind here. Our first theatrical experience since the pandemic hit. If you have suggestions on movies that we should review, hit us up. See you guys.